0: All right. Hello, Miss Allison, and thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to be having a wonderful conversation today about if a spark is necessary in having a healthy and lasting relationship and how ignoring it can possibly (laughs) set you up for a good relationship and uh, honestly better finances. So I have Miss Allison Wellington here. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Allison. I am a certified
1: dating and relationship coach. And I primarily work with singles to help them find the
0: partners that they deserve. Awesome. And for those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Atiqua. I am a women's financial coach. And I help women create balance between living life and reaching their financial goals, because nobody has time to be miserable just to say they have money. So (laughs) we're going to go ahead and rip this Band-Aid off, because I'm excited about this conversation. So first off, I wanted to have this because I'm still getting notifications from a post that you did a little while ago. Um, And it was something about you responding to a lady that said, if there's no spark, there's no deal. And I want you to kind of like go into detail about what it is that spark does for people and why it might not even be necessary.
1: Yes. So let me preface this by saying that we are not speaking about everyone in every instance Folks love to see a post and say, well, for me, for me, for me. Well, we don't, we're do not we not talking about anecdotals, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about based on my experience as a dating and relationship coach. I have over 150 testimonials from women who are either in committed relationships, engaged or married, who have worked with me, who have followed my advice and have found success in their romantic lives, okay? So this is not for an individual. Your story might be different. We're not saying that your story is not the truth. I'm just saying, please do not try to use your story as the um, the evidence that what I may say is absolutely wrong. It didn't work for you or it did work for you. It doesn't mean it's wrong for everybody. OK, so with that being said, what I shared is that many times some people rely on a spark, um, uh, um, an instant connection with an individual when they meet them for the purpose of dating and relationships. So when a gentleman meets a lady, when a lady meets a gentleman, maybe on a dating app, maybe on a first date, and they are relying on this instant chemistry, this instant spark, this instant, uh, sometimes sexual tension between both parties in order to decide whether or not that person is an appropriate match for them and whether or not they should continue to date them. And what I said is that many times when folks follow that desire, that, that chemistry, that Uh, you know, you can't really describe it, but you're just instantly attracted to them, then many times that's going to lead you astray. And instead of us focusing on the things that matter, on the things that can substantiate a long-term, happy, committed relationship, we're relying on chemistry. And then we're surprised when you're following a line with Allison and you're downloading all of the freebies and the trainings and the masterclasses and the challenges, and you're 30 and you're 35 and you're 40 and you're 45 and you're still struggling. Right. And then you want to say, "Allison, you're wrong. Well, clearly you ain't got the answer this way. And I say that lovingly. Right. So let's try something new. How about we give a gentleman, we give a lady a chance that you may have not had instant chemistry with, but we continue to ask the right questions. We continue to vet them. We continue to get to know them to see if something can grow. Now, I am not recommending that you date people that you are absolutely not attracted to. I am not recommending that you date people that you find unattractive. I'm talking about a spark. So what does that mean? I am a pretty lady. Mm -hmm. I like to think that most gentlemen would think that I am a pretty lady, but most gentlemen may not feel a spark. They might not feel a chemistry. They might not feel a connection immediately. What I would recommend is that you would still give me a chance. Let's talk, let's get to know each other. Let's ask some questions. Do you want the same things that I want, right? And then potentially that can grow over time. So again, to reiterate, for those who will choose to listen to the parts that they want to choose to listen to, I am not suggesting that you're dating people you are absolutely unattracted to. I'm just saying stop relying on this chemical synapse in your brain to go off as the deciding factor of whether or not you should continue to see someone.
0: Absolutely. And I completely agree with that one out of my own experience but two just witnessing things growing up and then my own friend circle that i had and it's just like y'all keep doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result that's the definition of insanity literally and Mm -hmm. wondering why you're not it's not working out or you're miserable Or, um, you know, things aren't going your way in a relationship. And it's just like, okay, well, it's because clearly y'all are not compatible, but you're just relying on this gut feeling that you think you're supposed to have, or, you know, this instant connection. And that instant connection sometimes can lead you down the wrong path. Yes. Yes. Many times the people that we are instantly attracted to, um, the reason why we're
1: instantly attracted to them is because of some toxic stuff. I'm not saying this is the case for everybody. I'm not even saying this is the case for most people, for some people. So we've all heard about the bad boy trope, right? Mm-hmm. Like this idea of, ooh, you know, the, the biker, uh, you know, he, he's a little rough around the edges. He's from the hood. Maybe he's been locked up before. Maybe he gets fast money. Like, ooh, that's so sexy and that's so attractive. Yeah, the gang member's going to get you shot. <laughs> the When the police pull y'all over and then they find a gun or drugs in the car, now you locked up or losing your job, right? So we need to be mindful of what is it about this person that's causing this instant attraction and is it healthy behaviors or healthy characteristics or healthy traits? Is it the fact that this woman has the body that was paid for, which ain't no shade, because guess what, after I have my second baby, I'm going to Miami. So y'all gonna rewind this video, y'all gonna say Allison was shading and the girls who got their body done. After my second baby, I'm going to Miami, okay? (laughs) But I'm just saying. Is that what you're attracted to? Are you attracted to the bottle girls who have these sexy outfits that their makeup is done all the time, their hair is laid to the gods, and then when they want you for your money, you're surprised, you're annoyed, and you're frustrated? That's unreasonable that she doesn't want to settle down. She doesn't want to cook, she doesn't want to clean, she doesn't want to have your kids, she doesn't want to even exclusively be with you, and you're surprised. Well, you look at what attracted you. What was the thing that you found desirable? You latched on to it. And then when things don't work out in your favor as a result of it, now you're surprised. But yet you're not willing to give, you know, the kind of like the regular guy a chance. We have to be reasonable, beautiful people. We have to look at what the, the, the past has shown us. Look at what you have historically done. If what you've historically done has not worked out in your favor, you need to reconsider something. I don't know what that something is. I'm telling you that something is giving people a chance that you normally wouldn't date. Right. You figure out what that something is and you need to do something different.
0: Absolutely. Um, So my experience with dating is very limited because I met my husband when I was 19 going on 20. Um, And the little situationships that I had prior to that, they don't they don't even count. They don't even count. I don't even have any exes at this point. But I knew um, what I did not want to deal with from what I witnessed and experienced growing up. So when I met my husband, um, just a couple of weeks prior, I was like, I'm done with dating. I'm good. I I don't want to, I'm going to just focus on school for now. Next thing you know, I'm sitting here in church (laughs) and um, the drummer, which was his brother was looking at me and i had like the fleeting thought of oh only if there was a taller uh, skinnier version <laughs> of his brother next thing you know here he is and i'm being introduced to him and i'm like okay well he's attractive but he's um not my type and us talking about it like we're not we weren't each other's type you know he's somebody who's interested or was interested in older women and i was somebody who was also interested in older guys um and you know a little a little darker skinned you know but after we met up for the first time the next day after we met i realized okay after talking about certain things we have um we have compatible goals we know what we want our family to look like we know what Mm -hmm. we don't want to deal with we know what type of relationship we want and all that so we was like okay this makes sense um there wasn't that initial spark because again That wasn't something that I, he was, he was safe. He still is safe compared to what I was used to seeing. So if I would have went with my type or what would have normally attracted me, oh my God, there's no telling where my life would be right now.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: And then on top of that, like um, seeing we've been together, what, going on 10 years now or actually 10 years now. and, And ignoring that lack of initial spark, we are now, raising a 15-year-old. My God. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we own our house. We live in Texas. We got away from um, environments that weren't conducive to a healthy relationship. And then we are also seeing what is going, what life is going to be like um, when we have uh, kids later down the line, like uh, biological kids later down the line. And um, there is nobody in this world that I can think of that I would rather have someone help me raise kids than my husband. Because again, mm-hmm. that spark, that person that I was initially um, attracted to, that that group of people I was attracted to, I'm able to see certain things of um, who I used to deal with, the mutual friends. And I'm like, oh my God, I dodged a bullet. The,
1: the Wi-Fi broke up a little bit, girlfriend, but you back now. You're good.
0: Oh, oh I'm sorry. I said, um, but I get, now that I'm... Um, we're established i can look back on the people that i used to talk to or the mutual friends that we have and i see like certain pictures pop up from time to time and i'm like i dodged a bullet <laughs> yes yep absolutely when you see where those people ended up what they look like many times too because life is
1: they've chosen a difficult life a hard life and, and so that starts to reflect on like damn, we went to school together we the same age it's wild right and so he definitely, Yeah, <laughs> and, and you look like it. You look like you've been through the ring, right? For men and women we're talking about. So yes. I, I think it's super key that we really do give consideration to people who may not be initially our type. And and in on that same post that you're talking about, it was coming from both men and women. Um uh, mostly uh well, I would say probably a majority of the women, 50-50. Yes. For the women who are responsive, 50-50, 50% were saying. That's reasonable, Allison. You know, I might consider trying someone new or saying, hey, I did try someone like you. I did try something different and it worked out in my favor. Mm-hmm. Other 50% of women were saying, nah, I ain't trying that. All right, good luck, Chuck. Then for the gentleman, the gentleman really got on my nerves, I got to tell you. Because the, a lot of the, the comments from the gentleman were, don't listen to her. Don't try something new because all you're going to do is destroy that man. What are you talking about, sir? It's like, so some of the... That's outrageous. Just because she tries something new, then that means that she is going to automatically cheat or lie or undermine or disrespect. Absolutely not. We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about a Steve Urkel, right? We're yeah. talking about a gentleman who is attractive, is doing well. He's just not. He's not your normal height preference. You 5'2". He's 5'10". And he ain't tall enough.
0: I, I don't understand that. I really don't. Because the average height for a woman is what five four and the average height mm-hmm. for a man is like five nine or something like that mm-hmm. there is an obvious difference in the height what do you need to be climbing trees for ma'am So, so i'll, <laughs> I'll explain to you it's it's a little
1: animalistic so okay it kind of goes back to this idea of and this desire for women to be protected right so if you go back to the 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 caveman era you know the woman is in the cave taking care of the kids maybe she's doing some gathering while, um, I mean, husband used lightly, like right? I'm sure they didn't have like formal husbands, right. but, you know, like the your partner would be out hunting. So the bigger the man, the more muscular the man or larger in size, the more intimidating and the more protected the woman felt. So I understand it from an animalistic perspective. However, we don't live in that society anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So as a result, you need to adjust accordingly. Right. Guns. You and you in Texas guns are the great equalizer. So, your size don't really in New York, you get it's hard for you to get it done. But you get my point like that kind of lifestyle hasn't existed for humanity for a very long time. So, as a result, there's no reason why someone should only, but that's what I'm attracted to. Why dig deep? Why is that? What is it about a tall man that's going to make you make him love you more? That's going to make him be a better husband, a better father? He's going to help you when it's uh, when the baby is waking up in the middle of the night every two hours and you're exhausted. What is it about his height that's going to help him to contribute to the household financially? What is it about his height that helps you to run the household more efficiently? Is a taller man, does he tend to be able to fix cars better? What is so great? It's right. an animalistic desire, which I understand, but we need to add practical and logical reasoning to this. And what that says is you're letting go on, on potentially who could be your husband because he's two inches shy. And look at this part. He has absolutely no control over said height. No control. This isn't. And, and I know some folks won't like this, but this isn't weight. Right. Yeah. This isn't shape.
0: Mm-hmm. This isn't
1: physique, which you can relative outside of you know hormonal issues or whatever you can relatively control. This is his DNA. His, he has absolutely no control whatsoever. So to hold someone accountable and then again, wondering why you're in this. If you married and you married the guy that of your dreams and you happy and you're fulfilled, you're in a committed relationship, you're fulfilled. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking about the people who say in one breath that they don't understand why they can't find a good guy because they're a good person, but then their their standards are unreasonable or illogical and not with the times.
0: No, no, not at all. And I know there are a ton of um, surgeries and stuff. People like What's tripping me out is people getting leg surgeries or kneecap surgeries to increase yeah. their heights. But that's still not going to change the fact that if y'all decided to procreate, them kid, those kids still going to be short. <laughs> they still going to be short or have the possibility yeah. of being short anyway. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was
1: in group with my clients just yesterday evening. We were talking about height. The woman, I think she said she's like 5'1 and she wants a tall guy. And I asked, I gave the same spiel which I always give, which is what is it about a tall guy that's gonna make him cook for you? What is it about a tall guy who's gonna take care of you postpartum? What is it, right? And the, I know the answer because the answer is nothing. Right. So I, I you know I'm being sarcastic when I ask those questions. I try to put it in a different perspective so that they can understand my point. And she said, yeah, but you know when we have kids, I don't I don't want to have short kids. Like I don't want to have like make a son who's short and at a disadvantage, just like the guys that she's rejecting, right? The irony. Right. I said, okay, I get that. Um, would you rather have a short son and an active dad who's loving and affectionate, or would you rather have a tall son with an absentee dad? And I'm not saying that tall guys are by default absentee. I'm saying if you're using someone's height as a reason to procreate with them, (laughs) and when they're an absentee parent, then you're surprised, which I'd rather... The child who is emotionally sound, loved, appreciated, supported, um, more financially sound because they have both parents in their household and they're five, six. Then they six, three. All the girls love them. They're all over them. They have a poor attachment styles. They um they feel rejected by their father. Their mother works two jobs to make ends meet. So he has poor supervision, right? Like all of the things that go along
0: with that lifestyle. No, thank you. You better vet people on who they are as human beings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because I know one of the main comments, the two main comments that was sticking out that I I was getting under the post, um, people are like, well, it sounds like you settled. And it's like, there's a difference between understanding things logically and actually settling because there's absolutely no other choice for you. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, when I first met my husband, his thing was he did not want to date anybody who had kids. And that was kind of like my pre- my preface too. I've seen I, I've seen the ins and outs of that, and I I personally didn't want to deal with it. But fast forward to now, this same man is helping me raise a child that is not his, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and and I didn't birth either. So seeing how making a logical decision based off of what we wanted, what we wanted to see for our future generations, this is actually aligning with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, This child is going to be emotionally sound. She's going to be in a stable environment or she is in a stable environment. And so will the kids that we have later on down the line. And then also just thinking about the financial impact, the people that I have briefly spoke to in my non-dating days, um, I knew that they were going to be terrible terrible for me financially just by how we were interacting during that time. Um, just like, oh, you know, I got $20. I got you. I'll pay you back another time. And that that never paid. It never happens. And then it's just a continuous cycle of what I witnessed um, in my personal experiences and then the people around me. And I think if we can sit down and figure out, okay, what is it that we really want for ourselves on a deeper level? Because the looks fade. Um, sometimes the money will go away. What is the core of the person that you want to go through the trenches with? Because life be life in and that will happen.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, Paying attention to those red flags can really set you up for failure and noticing them and then taking action aka moving moving along right Mm. can put you in a position of success number one of course emotionally because we're in romantic relationships for the emotional aspect first but then we also live in a capitalistic society so we have to be realistic about the the financial ramifications of Mm. choosing the right partner and choosing the wrong ones right and so like for instance with my husband and i choosing the right partner someone who Enjoys life. Like I know that's your like one of your biggest taglines is like, I'm not going to suffer for the sake of saying I have, to have some money saved. Like I can enjoy life and be responsible. So he enjoys life. He enjoys the travel. He likes nice things. But at the same time, he understands and appreciates that the bills gotta get paid. We gotta have a savings. We just had a baby, like we need to put towards her college tuition, other things, first car, down payment of a house, whatever that might look like. And so that also helps so when we talk about one thing that women talk about a lot Mm -hmm. it's about feeling secure that's a part of that security right but yet we want to harp on you know whether or not he has a beard or whether or not he's darker or lighter or whether or not he's six (laughs) foot or not and Mm -hmm. and and let me tell you and i don't know if it's like what came first the chicken or the egg but they tend to say that shorter men are better love makers again i don't know if it's as because they know that they're short. Then they know they got to show up and go go above and beyond <laughs> or what. I don't know what the connection is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shorter men tend to marry and live um, and be married for longer. The taller you are, usually you grab more attention. And then that attention can cause folks to stray. Again, I'm not saying that tall guys are terrible people. Who... I'm just saying when you use something so arbitrary as a as your decision making or your, um, your radar or the parameters that you use, your picker, your discernment, your discernment is poor if that's gonna be what you use to decide whether or not someone's a good match.
0: Absolutely. Whether or not
1: you tingle on the inside parts when you
0: see them on that first date. like, and it's one of those things that like eventually attraction can grow. If you are actually getting to know a person for who they are, you can say, okay, well, on the outside, this might not be the person that I would have typically picked, but now, you know, I had a good conversation with this dude or the, with this girl, and you know what, she's really cool. Her personality, you know, <laughs> My husband is a man of very few words um mm-hmm. he is not someone who is uh the words of affirmation is not his thing mm-hmm. so when we had a conversation one day and i was like you know so what made you you know decide to go with me and his thing is you're confident and i'm like what <laughs> nothing else just confident and he's like well that's that's the main one like when we had like our first interaction at my house um, I had, there was this homeless lady outside and we had ordered pizza and I made sure to give her something because she was digging through the trash can. And he was like, well, that's one of the things that caught my attention. And then as time went on, just realizing that I was a confident person. So the logical version of me um, is like, okay, well, that's a good compliment. Because I we see the social media clips and the answers that people give to certain questions. And um, I understand why competency is really important. But that emotional factor, I'm like, Okay, but what else? But that's really all that matters is that I'm confident in his eyes and that he trusts me with handling everything in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was a huge deal that I had to work through because I'm like, oh, well, I'm used to hearing like the lovey-dovey phrases and all this other stuff. Or I'm thinking that you're supposed to have these lovey-dovey phrases. And it's like, no, that's not who he is. And that's, that's all right. Everything that's else okay. is amazing.
1: Yep. And just for clarity, because, you know, the going to make it places. When you say that he trusts you to take care of everything in the house, what you what you mean is is that he knows you have the capability to do so. You don't actually yes. take care of everything. You have the capability, meaning. That if a pipe burst, you know who to call. Yeah. If, um you know, somehow the mortgage payment became late, you know how to call the company and negotiate so that they don't hit your credit score. <laughs> like, you know how to handle things. You know uh, where things are. You know how to put them away. You know how to cook. You know how to wash dishes. Like, you know how to manage a household and a schedule. You know how to. Not yes. that you actually do so.
0: Right. Like, um, I am the house manager, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. I had this... Uh, We had this conversation with the kid because one day we were out and about and she was like, you know, um, I don't like how it seems like he's the ATM when we're out. He's always paying for stuff. And I'm like, "Okay, so what do you think I do? Because um, for us, it doesn't matter where the money is coming from. All money that comes to the house is ours. It's coming Mm -hmm. from the same account regardless. Um, But that's not something that she needs to worry about at the moment. But her thing was. Um, you're just a housewife, and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just a housewife. <laughs> so explaining, you know, I'm the appointment setter for everybody. Um, the quotes that we have to get uh, get for the house to get done. Um, making sure everybody is getting, or she has her medications. Making sure that just pretty much everything is being taken care of. He doesn't have to worry about certain things. Like he comes home, his his role is the providing, the protecting, and then he also is the main cook of the house. He will come home from work and cook. He will come home for lunch and cook. That's not my ministry, and I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna like it is. If you need me to bake something, I got you. But um, I, I just don't. I don't enjoy cooking, and so we mm-hmm. step into these roles that um, that work for us, and it's creating an environment that is healthy and is not volatile. Yes. Um, so it that that's where that competency comes from. I am not. I am not like oh. He's out working 12 hours a day, uh, 12 hours a day. So I'm not allowed to speak up or I'm not allowed to do anything or question him. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what this is. Yeah, just know that we have our particular roles and it works for us.
1: Yep, absolutely. I'm with you. I hear you. Um, I think many times when you work from home, people don't see you know, the, the the responsibility that you have outside of managing the home, like actually working from home and earning money. Mm-hmm. You know it kind of gets lost but i'm I'm glad that she spoke up and mm-hmm. she said, you know I, I see a disparity
0: here and I don't know if I like it too much and so that was a teacher teachable moment for her absolutely because I was even telling her I was like, well, what happens one day um if you whenever you are you start dating um in a serious relationship as an adult if they say you know what, kid or because uh, I'm not gonna say her name on the internet mm-hmm. um you know what? why don't you rest for a little while? Why don't you just take care of yourself and figure out what your next steps are? And I got everything. And she was like, that makes me uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, I understand there is already that hyper-independency that she doesn't wanna depend on anybody. And I'm like, okay, you, no man or no woman is meant to be an island. We are supposed Mm -hmm. to be able to depend on each other and the people that you put into your circle, the people that you put into your lives, you're supposed to be able to call on them for certain things. And if this is your partner, you should be able to trust them to take care of you if you need to take care of yourself a little bit more and not worry about everything outside of the house. So that is something that we are working with her because, unfortunately, she has not seen um, a healthy dynamic. So this is a a new environment, a healthy environment, but it's a triggering environment at the same time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. All right. And then so kind of switching gears from the whole spark thing, one of the symptoms, not symptoms, I want to say one of the benefits of stepping out of our normal box was, one, my husband put me down this path of healing. I did not know I needed to heal (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I first got uh, with him. And as time went on and I'm seeing that he's showing me a love and affection that I did not witness, it started to actually trigger me like, what is this? You're making me so uncomfortable. And then come to find out it's because I had like unresolved traumas that I need to work work with. So he put me down this path to start my healing process. Then while I'm going down my healing process, I I am learning what my purpose is on this earth, Um, you know, helping people with their finances and the way that I do so. And then also we're seeing that, okay, we've gone through healing. We've gone through finding the purpose. Now we're going to be able to reap the benefits generationally of what our finances are going to look like. Yes. Uh, Because we did not come from a very affluent background. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He was raised in the country. He's the youngest out of six siblings. I am the oldest out of a lot. (laughs) And, um, the different dynamics that we are witnessing, we're like, we don't want that. We don't want that at all. So we are working hard as heck to be like, okay, we're going to work hard, but we're going to play hard too. And that's something that we had to really figure out because sometimes we can go for one extreme to the other, depending on the season. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you mentioned that in regards to generation, like
1: setting up your success generationally and generational wealth, because uh, one of the, the, um, the, my favorite lines, one of the things I, I live by is that there's no generational wealth without family. No. And so we we talk about generational wealth in the Black community specifically, but I think what we're talking about is getting rich, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, there, yep. there's, there's no shade on that. If you're talking about getting rich, like you want to make a lot of money as quickly as possible, hopefully legitimately, right? Absolutely. If you're talking about generational wealth, you need to have a family in order to pass it to the next generation. And, and I might sound old school, but ideally, I would like to see us passing th- that those funds, uh, those properties, uh, the the bonds, whatever it looks like that we're passing it on to our children that were created in wedlock. So I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up this, you know, this generational wealth thing, because we talk about it a lot. It's a great yeah. bu- a buzzword, uh, buzz phrase that folks like to use, but they they're talking about getting rich. Yes, and I'm talking about establishing generational wealth, which might mean, by the way, that you, your generation, may not be rich, no. or you may not be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor for very long. You might not see the fruits of your labor till you're 50, mm-hmm. and you're 35 right now, right? Like it might be something that a seed that you're sowing for many years to come, but your kids are gonna be lit and amazing and set up for success, yeah. and don't have to get it out the mud. And your grandkids are gonna have the 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 the, the The start, right? That that you didn't have. Now I've seen some people, though, ironically, because this message that I've been sharing about there's no generational wealth about family is really picking up, especially in the financial circle. I'm seeing a lot of folks talking about it. They ain't giving me my credit, but it's all right, you know. I'm I'm gonna give myself the credit. I'm I'm, I'm the originator, okay? (laughs) But nonetheless, um, well. You know, that's how you create children who are unappreciative and, you know, born with a silver spoon and they're never going to work for anything. No, it's a balance. It's Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that your college tuition is paid for for undergrad and you need to cover your master's program. Mm -hmm. It's going to be I'm going to allow you to study and not have to have a full time job and study at the same time and be stressed out and look 40 when you're 20 years old. It's going to be I'm going to I'm going to make sure you have a safe car. You might not have a Benzo. You can have you a little Toyota. It'll be safe. It'll be clean. And then so when you're going to parties and clubs, you and your girlfriends can drive, or you and your guy friends can drive from one place to another safely. And I have to worry about anything. I'm hopping in strangers' cars or Ubers or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like this idea of you shouldn't provide or you shouldn't leave things for your children because then they're going to be unappreciative. They're going to be spoiled brats. No, that's you being a lazy parent. Absolutely. It's your responsibility to be balanced where you can give them a leg up without overindulging, mm-hmm. overindulging them.
0: Absolutely. Because I, so I, earlier this week, was it? Today's Tuesday, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think it was this week or either the tail in the last week. I was talking about how um, when you're on your financial journey, you're finding that perp. You, you will find a purpose. You'll see the things that you actually have to um, take care of and what's going to take priority over money. So if we are talking about we are building generational wealth, honestly, sometimes that generational wealth might not start with you, per se. It may be, OK, your job is to create the financial foundation for the next generation to follow so they can add into it. But you also may have the, um, the job of healing, showing your kids what a healthy, happy relationship and household look like so that when they are building that money on top of the foundation that you created for them, mm-hmm. they are also now pairing that with a happy, healthy foundation for a relationship. Because we already talked about how um generational wealth is gone by the third generation always Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's education but also it is the the person or the people that you are with i told my husband when we um start having kids and we are accumulating this wealth once it's time for everybody to get married i promise you it is a requirement that everybody sign a prenup and if they can't sign a prenup (laughs) then I'm sorry, you can't be you cannot access the trust because the money is staying here. I did not bust my behind just for somebody's daughter or son to come in here and be like, oh, they have money. I'm gonna marry them, stay with them for about five, 10 years, and then I'm gonna ask for half. Absolutely yes. not. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. So it's like that. The generational wealth is good, but it's not just about the money. It is about the family, it's about the environment that you're curating. Because we already see that when people have money on when people have money and they have um, demons that they have to work through, all it's doing is adding fuel to the fire. It's not doing anything yeah. for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and I hear you uh, in regards to the prenup, I know that's another conversation for another day. Yes. I know some people are really sensitive about it. They feel like it's a plan for failure. I can see both sides. I can see both sides. Yeah. I see both sides. Um, however,
0: I got you. Mm-hmm. Next, next episode, next episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because it's okay um you know you have we already see it in the news like all the the what was it what was the soccer player's name he was like yeah i know the guy you're talking about yeah so um she was married to him for what five ten years or whatever the case is then she asked for 50 percent of his assets then come to find out his assets is under his mom's name and he's Mm -hmm. technically broke and it's 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 because there are people who are very litigious and they're like, "Okay, well, I have this game plan. I have my eyes set on you because I mean, I don't really mess with you like that, but I I like the resources that you have. Yeah. Um, And so when you are creating this generational wealth, it's that game plan of, yes, money is money is important. Everybody has to live and I don't want my kids to start from scratch. However, you also need to understand what a proper relationship looks like, because I can't have you out here squandering money on somebody who just is not worth it and is just going to deplete all of your resources. Yep. And and AKA deplete all of my resources. Hey, absolutely. Because right. you, you, you ain't work for none of this. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really, I like this opening subject of having that spark and how sometimes ignoring the lack of it will set you up for a healthy relationship and healthy financial foundation because sometimes your emotions are going to be the downfall for a lot of the things that you got going on or that you have planned or that the purpose that you're supposed to have over your life. You over here reacting emotionally for stuff when, you know, sometimes your your heart is going to lead you down a path that is just going to destroy you. I agree. it sucks. And I know it's because of all the the fairy tale stories, you know, the Disney princesses. And, you know, now we have social media just fanning the flames like, oh, you know, my man has to make $100,000 um, or I can't date him. Why? What? what, what why does he need to make $100,000? <laughs> and so and, and let me tell you the joke. I'm in New York City.
1: Guess what? 100K is a joke. Mm hmm. So, so, so we have these arbitrary numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Or I I give examples all the time. I know um, a cardiologist, he makes $344,000 a year. He's broke by broke. Why? He has properties that are underwater. There were poor purchases. Mm -hmm. He's paying uh, two sets of of alimony to two ex-wives, right? Now, when you get to the second ex-wife, you got to have a conversation about maybe it's me, right? I'm the common denominator (laughs) here. And just poor spending habits. So, we're looking for this for this particular number because it sounds good and then we're not taking into consideration people's spending habits their saving habits their budgeting habits um and their general lifestyle and expenses and how that and where they live number one and where they live and how that can impact you know their their financial stability oh just a number because it
0: sounds because twitter said so yeah because you know most of my clients are in new york and when i when i'm looking over these numbers I'm like why, why why do y'all live up here <laughs> mm-hmm. because um most of the time their expenses are not even expenses their rent or their mortgage is more than our household expenses combined and, and that is absolutely wild because I know when we get offline
1: I'm gonna tell you uh, how much my mortgage is and I want you to let me know what you think <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear it because okay. I'm sure it's wild and, oh my and, God. It's, and it's a small house girl like in comparison to in New York we live. In New York City and Brooklyn we're, lit, we're not lit any other, oh. any other
0: place oh my gosh listen but
1: I mean you know we could talk about also the benefits right mm-hmm. um, in terms of convenience in terms of uh, cultural diversity in sure. terms of no uh, and this might sound really silly I was talking to my dad about this earlier he lives in Florida my sister lives in Tulsa that was just hit with some tornadoes like we don't have natural disasters
0: like that mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah, yeah. See, I love visiting New York. I, I can't live up there cuz uh, oh my gosh. But um going back to like that $100,000 number, California, New York, Florida, Virginia, that's nothing. That is nothing. Down here Oh gosh, no. Virginia, $100,000 at least from where I'm from. I'm from Northern Virginia. So, um Prince William County and up. And ah. I'll put it to you this way. The house that we bought here for $125,000, um, 1,500 square foot, that same house would have cost us about $650,000 where I went to high school.
1: Sounds about <laughs> right. How many years ago was this?
0: This was three years ago.
1: So uh, my husband and I purchased our house, 1,800 square feet, attached on both sides, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, driveway this skinny. Can't fit his Jeep, could hardly fit my SUV. Uh, we bought it three years ago, $730,000. Oh,
0: Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then not to mention, like, the, all the stuff that we're doing around the house, um, we're closing our patio and converting our garage. It's going to be 2200, uh, 2,200 square feet, 2,300 square feet. The house across the street from us just sold for two twenty. Um, My neighbor, when she bought her house, she bought it for $72,000. Where are you in Texas? I'm in Killeen. Well, it's not called Fort Hood anymore. It's called Fort Cavazos. But in Central Texas, I'm two hours from Austin. uh, No, one hour from Austin, two hours from Dallas. Okay. So, yes, I I can't go back up north. There's absolutely no way. Um, But- that $100,000, it's subjective depending on where yes. you live. And yes. a lot of times it's coming from a materialistic standpoint. Because every time yeah. I see these clips, it's, well, you know, i, I um, he has to be able to take care of me on these trips. He got to pay all the bills. Um, you know, I want to be able to get some, what is it, Birkin bags, um, Louis Vuitton bags. Mm-hmm. All that. That's not, that should not be the priority. Mm-hmm. And why can't this person work his way up or work their way up to um, higher income? Why do you get the benefit of a finished um, prize? I don't know if I'm wording that right. Why mm-hmm. do you get that? Why do you get that benefit? And you didn't get to you didn't see him see her work as hard as she did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I something about that conversation always oh, just makes me annoyed. <laughs>
1: This, you know, there's some, there's some issues, some topics that I don't even bother to, to challenge because it, you're never gonna get to a resolution. I just hope that it dies. Sometimes, like I, you know, I realized just two days ago or yesterday, finally, you know, what conversations died out, and I hope it never comes back. Who do you feed first, your husband oh. or your kids? Oh. <laughs> and then the other conversation I was around for years, which is, um, who sits in the front, the wife or the mom? Like, just some conversations are not even worthy of. of conversing and and continuing and so i just hope that they die so let
0: this one die that's okay yeah, because i mean at this point y'all are just looking for a fight and yeah. i'm just really i'm really tired of the gender wars the gender wars is oh, annoying yeah. um when i tell tell you these last couple of months i've been working hard <laughs> to cultivate um a feed that i don't see these topics yes. as much because it i know my thing is i Whatever you continuously see, eventually it's planting seeds, and it will yes. blossom, whether it's negative or positive. And I started to see that once we were um, seeing these clips and just being uh, bombarded Inundated. with them, yes, it started to have a negative impact. Because you know when that man Kevin Kev, Kevin Samuels,
1: yes, oh God, God bless the man
0: yeah yes um once he started to come around and then all these podcast pimps started coming around i was like oh my god so there is this rule or there's this like understanding that listen it has nothing to do with us we're not watching it or if we're watching it we're not internalizing it and we're gonna keep it moving we're gonna laugh because my god
1: (laughs) yeah i i talk about that all the time like you have no idea when I talk, it's, it's called a social media feed. It is feeding you. It's feeding your spirit. It's feeding your mind. Absolutely. When that gentleman was making his content, I did not press share. I did not comment. I did not forward to my group chat. Mm-hmm. I am not going because the algorithm, the algorithm is blind in the sense that it doesn't know this is good. This is bad. It's People are talking, it must be worthy of sharing some more. That's all it knows. It can be Tabitha who's reading a book to us, right? And her voice is so soothing. Yeah. If we're commenting, we're sharing, we're liking, the algorithm's going to give it to you. And then it can be someone who, and I'm not saying that this gentleman particularly is like a woman hater, but it can be those podcasts that are women hating and all that kind of stuff. They don't know that we cussing people out in the comments. All they know is that there are, there are comments that are four or more words. hmm which means it's valuable enough. It, the, 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 the pages are being shared, it's going out of Instagram, it's going within the DMs. So this m- must be valuable content that I am going to continue, I mean the algorithm is going to continue to share. So we have to be mindful, we have to cultivate uh, what we decide is worthy of our time and effort and energy. Now, I still follow the shade room for instance, right? Like I'm not going to pretend like, oh, I'm holier than thou, and I right like I I still want to keep my post to the streets and know what's going on in, in right. urban America and otherwise. So I have the shade room, but you don't have to follow the shade room and on site and the Hollywood whatever and the neighborhood talk and mm-hmm. like all right, they all post in the same ish. Like, come mm-hmm. on, son. Like yes. we we got choose one <laughs> and keep it moving. But I'm not engaging in content that is not going to going to further my efforts in some form of fashion or even just like a sweet voice or even uh, Amazon finds to make your life easier. Or if it's a page that's about hair or makeup, like it's going to be something that's going to be a benefit to me in some form or fashion.
0: Yes. And that's pretty much what my feed is right now. It's DIY stuff. And uh, mainly it's DIY stuff. I mean, that's pretty much it. Cause that's what my life is right now. Um, but yeah, that, the what's feeding you is what's eventually going to end up killing you or making you better. And with these gender wars and all the other podcast conversations that just aren't going to be benefiting what you want, a healthy relationship, somebody who's actually going to love you through sickness and health, um, richer or poorer, all that wonderful stuff. I just, I really wish that people would be mindful and take stock of what it is that they are internalizing what they are constantly feeding themselves because i think a lot of these conversations will die down if people were more intentional about what they were listening to
1: yep i agree i think the other problem too which i'm 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 kind of formulating so work with me i'm kind of like formulating my wording exactly around this but i think that a lot of people who are in healthy happy relationships are too busy being in healthy happy relationships to be on social media to be countering the argument so yeah. it seems like all of these guys hate women and all of these women um only want the the six figures. But there are so many of us who don't care or so many of us who aren't like that, but we're too busy loving on each other to mm-hmm. be in comments, arguing with you, trying to teach you something. So <laughs> it then now the internet becomes a bit one-sided and we're getting the impression that that's how most people feel because that is what we continue to see. Yeah. Because folks like me and you ain't got no time to be trying to teach somebody. Well. I do is what I do professionally, oh, but yeah. the folks, not not clients, if you're not a client, you're not a paying client, I don't have time to be trying to teach you what is in your best interest.
0: Yeah. And then even on the internet, when you try to educate somebody or, you know, give them a different insight immediately, they want to attack you. Nobody has time for that. No, nobody mm-hmm. has time for that. But I know you have, you have a, a schedule that you need to keep up. Yes, do you have yeah. time to answer one or two questions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any questions for Allison um, about the spark or relationship or anything? Let me see. This so is let out. me ask you, right, because I'm not accustomed to restream. So can I see the comments? How does this work? You know what? I, I want to see. see. I don't know. I mean, I think I if, see- you were on, if you were on a computer, I think you would be able um, to see it. There's a button here that looks like comments. but I'm afraid I don't want to click it and then get kicked out. Uh, does it look like a little chat bubble? Yeah. Uh click on it. Let's let, let's let's see. I, okay, yes, it's okay. there. Let's, let's, what is it? What was Janice said? Janice. Yes, it's the mindset of the independent woman mixed with housewives shows is my take on it. Money, money, money. But you never hear anyone say, Oh, I choose personality. That part. Um, actually, there was a clip that I saw earlier today. Somebody was talking about um. Would you would you date somebody who um, made $50,000 $50, but they had the best personality or something like that? And then um, the other choice was, or you date somebody who's rich and they are boring as heck and most people chose rich. Mm-hmm. Like y'all go learn. I mean, I've, although I teach finance concepts, money is not everything. It, it's not. It's a good healthy portion of it, but it is not everything.
1: It's a good healthy portion of it, but it's not everything. Like we said, we live in a capitalistic society, so we're not, and we like nice things. So we're not going to pretend that money doesn't matter. I'm not going to lie to you and say that, you know, if my husband was a bum who had no ambition, uh, I would, and but had everything else that I would give him a chance, I absolutely would not. I absolutely would not. Right. So, so we don't want to to give you guys the impression or or give you advice to go date people who are broke by broke. Like, absolutely not. But at the same time, we just need to be, we need to take into consideration what are the things that are going to help you to be happy and healthy in the long term, including money, indeed. Absolutely. Um, My husband's on in the chat. He said, if that's right, we ain't talking about you. We ain't talking about you. You You ain't no bum. (laughs) <laughs> it just wouldn't happen, it, and and be, and for a, a laundry list of reasons it's not only specifically about the money, mm-hmm. right? Like it's all it's also like so you're okay watching your partner bust her behind while you chill, right? Or you know there's so there's so many other ramifications to to dealing with broke folks. Like they're just really okay to sitting just watching you struggle, and that's disrespectful. You don't really love me, like right? There's so many more factors than it is the actual dollar bill
0: yes yes um if you can sit and watch somebody struggle you're not trying to make any type of effort what are you in, even in the relationship for outside of just leeching
1: yeah uh, leeching that's what that's what it is it's leeching
0: oh my gosh let's see which I is don't... so unsexy oh <laughs> so unsexy like it just look it just sounds like the rivers will run dry <laughs>
1: yeah I, yeah yeah that's what i was insinuating well said <laughs> Well said. I think, is YouTube pretty particular about the language that you use? Like, they'll kick us off if we say something crazy? Um, actually, I think they're pretty, they're pretty lenient. Lenient? Okay. Okay. I think it might be Instagram that, that will uh, ban you. But, my, that's exactly what I was insinuating. Thank you for picking up what I was putting down. Yes,
0: ma'am. <laughs> um, I don't see any questions popping up, but I think looking at the comments that the, this is a good conversation and ongoing um conversation that we should keep having. Uh, Yep. Will y'all be doing more joint lives? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That is the plan. <laughs> yeah. and, and thank you for everyone who.
1: Oh, sorry, love muffin. I forgot to put my, my phone on. Uh, Do not disturb. I was doing so good. I'm like I had two minutes left. I re- as soon as we started the live, I said, "Damn, I didn't put my phone on. Do not disturb." It's all but, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, gosh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, thank you for everyone who's joined the live. I appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, especially the last minute. I sent out a text like 10 minutes before. I sent out an email like 15 minutes before. I know you were so flexible with me. So thank you for your flexibility in working yeah. around my schedule. Because um, I'm the queen of double booking and and not looking at the calendar before I say yes. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Like,
0: oh, Listen, that's it's all right. Life be life. And right before um, joining this live, I had to go to the grocery store, go to Target, pick up my husband. And then, you know, I'm over here glistening because it's 125 degrees down here. So... <laughs> I, I I get it. So, but, so
1: New York looking a little bit more attractive, right? Because right, right now is a nice cool 75 is it still degrees. Here? Nah, uh-uh. From Canada.
0: And don't blame us. That's Canada's fault. <laughs> That's
1: Canada. Blame Canada.
0: You know, I like the heat, but I think this is this is too much heat.
1: <laughs> I like the heat. But, too all much. right. So
0: how can the people find
1: you, ma'am? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me here on YouTube. At align with Allison, so youtube.com backslash align with Allison. I'm not, I'm trying to get my YouTube life together, y'all. Um, I have released a new series, a podcast called The Single Season with Allison Wellington. We're up to episodes one and two. Episode three is dropping on every well, Thursday at 2 p.m., and there's new episodes every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So make sure that you subscribe to my page, but you hit that notification bell because I'm not really concerned about subscriber numbers per se. As I am, the fact that you guys are actually getting the content. So, hitting that notification bell for us as content creators um, is everything. So, make sure that you do that. Every Tuesday, I have my YouTube uh, show slash podcast, The Single Season. You can also find me on Instagram, which is my biggest platform, um, at Align with Allison, A L I G N with Allison. So, that's where you can find me. Yes. Yes, Ms. Brooks, the single season. How are we going to navigate the choppy waters of the single season to get you into that happy, committed, fulfilling relationship? So two episodes already up, brand new show. Um, actually, I'm going to record the nexus of episodes on Thursday. So every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here we go.
0: Phenomenal. Um, And then same thing, y'all, I'm over here trying to get YouTube life together because I've kind of like abandoned Instagram. So I'm over here as that finance chick on all platforms. Um, I have a podcast on YouTube that I just started last week called A Balanced Life where we talk about the ins and outs of finance and just living life in general. Okay. Um, I go live Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. There's not a set time because again, life be life. And I, I let y'all know when I go live. <laughs> um, and then of course, if you want to follow me on Instagram, cause that's your main platform, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, but I really appreciate y'all for hanging out with us. This was a really good conversation and I like to see all the comments and the interactions. Y'all are amazing.
1: Yes. And Wendelin said that she already watched episode two with Vanessa. And it was some great insight. It was real juicy. It was real juicy. I need to check it out. But And she's making the mistakes that we all make. It's so funny because I saw someone underneath the comments of a clip that I put to advertise the show. um, She put like, Allison, how do you deal with all of these people with all their hot mess? I'd say because we all have been a hot mess in some form or fashion. Maybe this might be a little bit more dramatic than what you've been through. But we've all been a fool for love somewhere on the spectrum. Maybe someone was super foolish. Maybe somebody's a little foolish, but we've all been a fool for love. And so in, in episode two is real juicy. This woman who keeps going back to the ex, going back to the ex, going back to the ex and not learning how to let go so she can move on so she can find what she's looking for. So
0: check it out. Check it out, beautiful people. Awesome. And uh, tomorrow I'll be going live around 11 p. No, I lied. 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, we are going to be continuing the topic of Um, creating that balance and creating a financial foundation. This is a 30-day series. Uh, So just stay tuned and check out the notifications. But until next time, y'all enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will chat with y'all some other time.
1: Yes. Bye, everyone.